What's up, friends, and welcome to a special edition of the Levels of Wealth show. It's a little bit different than what you've come to expect because we're talking about the markets, particularly what transpired over the last week or two, what that means for what could potentially possibly transpire for the next week or two. And my hosts on these special recap editions of Levels of Wealth, we enjoy going in and talking about a wide exposure of financial concepts, both for crypto and real estate and really everything that's up and down at the moment so that you can have very quick expertise on the subject matter at hand. Hope you enjoy the show. If you have any questions or you need anything at all, send us an email to hello at levelsofwealth.com. We would love to answer your questions on the next recap. Enjoy. Oh, what is up, everybody? We are back with the market recap with my good friend, Joe, who's now, unfortunately, uh, an Austin resident. We're all praying for Joe. I hope it's going okay out there. Have you uh, have you been peed on yet by a homeless person in Austin? Um, no, no pee from homeless people. I actually live, I'm barely in Austin. I live out on Lake Travis. So I'm like 30 minutes out from the city. And um, I didn't get peed on by a homeless person, but I did drive through a storm that turned into a tornado. Apparently, um, not good you know, man. to Texas and in Austin, you have to check the weather before you leave your house because you could die. I didn't know that was yeah. a thing. I'm used to like LA weather. Man, I, I would short Texas out of principle just because they think they're a country. Whenever the education gets that wacky, you just know, dude. You just know. I'm just kidding. I live in Nashville, so we got to hate on Austin. Hey, here's the, here's the headline I want to lead with today, and I'm interested in what you guys think about this. BuzzFeed announces layoffs. BuzzFeed mm. announces, oh, bummer for BuzzFeed. They can't get their fake news to get clicked on. It's they're laying off fake journalists. It's crazy. They 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 said that they're cutting 1.7% of the workforce mostly on BuzzFeed video and their editorial teams, which is hilarious cuz I don't and no offense if you work at BuzzFeed. I just think that I think BuzzFeed is trash, but that's just me. That's the headline I want to lead with. Tesla's up, Bitcoin is up, Ethereum all, is all, up. All the offense. 100%. Everything is up. Yeah, anyways, whatever. That's all I got. Back to you, Joe. What are you noticing? I think that that doesn't surprise me. I think if whatever indicators you're looking at right now, it's pretty clear that we're staring down the barrel of a recession. We're staring down the barrel of uh, potentially very challenging economic times. And if you um, are living in a place where you're living on the fat of growth and you're smart, it's probably a good time to cut back. Also, I think if you double click on any riff, it's like, was that performance based? You know, I, how much of that was coaching as a, as a reduction? You know? <laughs> like, like, maybe they have a ranking of like what we would consider the worst journalists, like the, their best journalists, you know? And then, like, the ones that actually slip in the truth, they're like, nah, they got to get these guys out yeah. of here. It was like 1.5% of the people are actually telling the truth. They're like, we get these truth tellers out of here. The thing is, like, how dare you bring realistic opinions? When all of crypto is up and the market's up, we can't be those, man, boo. No, I'm just kidding. A hundred percent. I think that, uh, I think that you're, I want your perspective on this. Do you think that we could be looking at an environment where the, the federal reserve truly tries to replace fiat currency with the digital dollar? I know we talk about that all the time, but I just can't get it out of my head. Like, the 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 printing press just going off. You're talking about looking at a recession. Commodities are like through the roof. Nobody is going to be able to afford anything. 
how long do you think until to bail us out of some recession period, they try to hack some digital dollar cryptocurrency? Um, I think it's inevitable. I, can, I continue to think it's inevitable. If China goes in that direction, we have to go in that direction. The end, full stop. Um, but in, in, inside of that, though, there, you mentioned too, like inflationary pressure, uh, the consumer price index, when I checked last, was at like 7.9%. It might even be higher. That's like four times the target of the, of the Fed's 2% target right now. Um, so whether it's the Fed doing what they're doing, which is insane right now, or it's a digital currency, the, the last thing that we want as a country is inflation. Inflation is like, it's like democracy, like kryptonite. So yeah. a lot of people are concerned about that. So if, if a digital currency could in any way contribute to that, I'm sure they'd go in that direction. But I do think it's manifest destiny, man. I think, look, China's doing that. That's definitely something that they're doing. There's never been a greater threat to the dollar than there has been now, in my opinion, just with you know the, sort of the weakening position of America and, and the rest of the world, what's going on with the war, what's going on with just global uh, economic, political, geopolitical stuff like the dollar is is being assaulted right now. And I think that uh, if a digital currency, if they believed a digital currency could in some ways save that or slow that, they wouldn't even hesitate. They'd figure it out much faster than I, I would have anticipated they would have. I'm wondering if that just real quick before you go into China, if China is going to open up a can of worms and we're going to talk about that for an hour. But do you guys see do you guys see Thailand banned crypto payments uh, the UK is banning crypto firms. El Salvador postpones its Bitcoin bond issue. Is there is all of this designed for a launch of a digital dollar? Because you got to imagine they're not necessarily like the Federal Reserve is not going to be a huge fan of Bitcoin uh, because Bitcoin is like the dollar of the West versus the um, whatever you call it in, in China. They've got to be preparing for this. Do you think that these are all tied together? Yeah, I think JP Morgan is working on a platform. Uh, they have a blockchain platform called Quorum, but Quorum is partnered with uh, Par Parlor or something like that. And they're working with the Bank of International Settlements. And so the Bank of International Settlements just released a part uh, or platform last week, um, platforms on platforms on platforms. They released a platform called Dunbar, which essentially is made to work with the banking system and create interoperability between these central bank digital currencies. So I know that something is coming. Obviously, these are still in beta. We're still you know, two to three years out before we see a, a completely decentralized, interoperable central bank world. But I think Bitcoin is the antithesis of that. You know, it doesn't work with the banks. It was kind of created against those. So I, I think that you know they're going to continue to ban Bitcoin. It might be a, a bad short-term future for Bitcoin, but it's not going to lead the market forever. There's going to be coins with utility, which actually work with the system. So that's what I think is coming with that. Yeah, man, hundred percent. I think it's a really good time to differentiate between centralized crypto heads and decentralized crypto heads and the folks that don't know the difference um, that are kind of new to the space and don't understand the ramifications of what's happening right now. I think they could put themselves at a really tough spot. I'm so long on decentralized anti-bank um, independence from that system. And I think that uh, protocol long holders that understand that world and stay faithful to that space are going to be rewarded big time, especially as all this stuff takes shape. What about um? What's the best NFT project to buy right now? Since the market's down, but starting to rebound without shilling something that we're connected to. Yeah, of course we don't shill here. We're creators. 
Uh, I'll let you go first on that one, Colin. You know, I haven't gotten too much into NFTs. I I, I like uh, the there's a board eight project on the XRPL that I really like. Um, XRPL is kind of like Solana instant transactions. They can handle up to like twenty five thousand to fifty thousand transactions per second, which is around what Visa is. So I think you know I'm trying to stay away from the Ethereum NFTs and going more towards the Solana and the XRPL ones. Why is that? Why are you trying to stay with Ethereum NFTs? I just think it's I stay away from Ethereum NFTs just because it's slower. You know, I know they're moving to proof of stake and everything, but proof of work is heavily energy intensive. You saw Biden's executive order where he's, you know, kind of going hard after mining and energy intensive cryptos. He's pretty clear about that in his EO. So, um, you know, I don't think Ethereum, the, the short term, you know, like market for Ethereum, at least for NFTs, I think is, is going to be hard. And on top of that, uh, an ERC-20 um, NFT project, let me look up which one it is. I think it was called Frosties. They just got sued by the uh, Department of Justice the other day. Wow. So they were uh, laundering laundering money and wire fraud. And so the Department of Justice is starting to come hard after these NFTs. And I think they're going to go first after Ethereum because it's not AML or KYC compliant. Know your customer, anti-money laundering compliant. What were you going to say, Joe? My brain went in a totally different direction. But yeah, I think there's so many projects on Ethereum network that Frosties is like one bad apple. I think you're right. With the KYC AML, they'll be looking at um, Ethereum much much more closely. But what's great about Ethereum, in my opinion, is it's completely decentralized. So if you're playing the game correctly and you're not cheating and you're not money laundering and you're doing the right stuff, then I still, I'm still long ETH. Um, I still have like this weird hesitation with Solana just because it is marginally more centralized, even though it's a bazillion times faster. Um, but you asked, you know, what, what NFT projects do I like? It's hard to not love what Yuga Labs is doing right now. They just, they're already kind of the Kings. And then they came in and said, all right, we're going to get crypto punks. And then we're going to go raise $450 million to go basically build this metaverse, this whole new reality. Um, it's kind of a high entry point, but those guys are, they just jumped right out and they're already in front of the pack. They just took like 10 steps forward. So I like what they're doing a lot. Um, there's a new project that um, I just got familiar with that I like called Dippies, Decentralized Hippies. That's kind of cool. There's a bunch of a uh, bunch of cool momentum around that project. I think, I just think it's really creative. I don't necessarily think it's like um, in the same stratosphere as the, the Yuga Labs situation. Yeah. Um, let's see what else. Those are those are the big ones for well those are the two that come to mind right now. Are you uh are you still investing quite a bit into Tesla? It's over $1000. They're saying that Tesla could be at a 2 million unit run rate by the end of the year, which is just that's like awesome. First of all, first of all, if you don't own a Tesla, then we don't we don't want you here. No, I'm just kidding. That's not totally true. But you got to you got to get into the tech. <laughs> But Ouch. are you still buying up a lot of Tesla stocks or are you just kind of holding and seeing what happens? Um, I'm definitely holding. I I own a fixed amount of Tesla stock. I have no intention of getting rid of it or buying more. And uh, I'm a, I'm a long-term fan, like we've talked about before, of Tesla because I'm a long-term fan of, of Elon. I think just the guy is on a – he's playing four-dimensional chess on another level. And uh, I think – Again, we will look back at what he did and we will talk about him like we talked about Henry Ford. We'll talk about him like we talked about Andrew Carnegie 
only crazier because he might get us on Mars. So, um, yeah, I'm a big fan of Elon, um, just cause he's a business and technical genius. So yeah, I, I'm, I love what's going on with Tesla, but all of these assets for me, I'm, I just super play the long game. I have my position. I'm going to hold it for a long time. Yeah. We're, uh, we're like opposite in that regard. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying, I, I have a cool algorithm right now that is basically telling me when to buy options. I think I'm about to buy some Microsoft. Do you have any Microsoft for your long-term holdings or not a fan? Yeah, I, I actually used to work at Microsoft. So I got awarded stock options as an employee that I took advantage of. And uh, that's another one of those things where it's like, I remember when I got my options issued or when I got my stock issued to me uh, when I was working there, because at the time, Microsoft stock had been riding sideways and flat at like 30 bucks or something. And I think when, when my shares got issued, they had a momentary blip to like 34, 35. And I was like, oh man, that sucks. And then, um, but yeah, I've just held that forever. I will continue to hold that forever because it's like free money that keeps multiplying. Um, but yeah, man, I'm, I'm not as brave as you. I don't like, like if I'm going to gamble, I'll just jump on the plane to Vegas. You know, that's like get the free drinks and the dinners and the whole bit. So yeah, you're, you're well, way braver than I am. Here's, here's the beautiful, sure. the beautiful thing about it is like, there's its own language. And so when you start learning the language, you can sort of start seeing like, I, I have read two books in the last month on candlesticks. And so like momentum trading, and dude, I'm honestly like, I think it's just fun to learn new styles of business. Um, you know, like, I don't know when you take, if you take, um, the typical entrepreneurial profile, like you have to have risk somewhere. Like you have risk in your business. I have risk in my business. And then typically investing is like the place that we want. We don't want risk, you know? But the more secure my companies become, the more I'm like, I'm looking for new things to risk to make money. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I want to actually expose myself to more risk in a healthy way yeah. because that is the game. That's the game that's to be played. Yeah, I, I feel it, man. Um, I, I just had a, a, a baby two or three weeks ago. So that's like where I'm putting all my risk and energy yeah. into right now. There you go. Uh, so the, option, the idea of doing that and trading options makes, me, uh, makes my head spin. But no, I, I think it's great. I think like um, options is also, it, it connects you to like the, the multi-dimensional aspects of the market. Like the market isn't moved by fundamentals and it isn't totally moved by speculation. Um, and it isn't totally moved by psychology. It's kind of an amalgamation of all of that. And so I think like reading the technicals and learning your iron condors and doing all the things you do with trading to find the edge there, it gives you another view into how uh, markets are moved, how businesses uh, value is created and destroyed. And I think if you're a student of business, it's uh, it's another uh, it's another frontier for you to explore and to really kind of get that that extra edge. Um, I don't I don't need an extra edge in my life right now though. So God love it, you. I love it. So, question: What's what in your opinion? What do you feel like is the number one risk for people in America who are investing into anything? Like, is it is it the president? Is it Russia and Ukraine? Is it the reserve? Is it CPI index going up through the roof? What do you feel like are the main one, two, three risks that people need to be paying attention to? Yeah, man. Um, inflation, inflation, inflation. You know, right now, um, inflation's a big deal. The, the war it, with, with Russia has dealt a massive blow to globalization, which is a really big deal. Um, and, and I think that looks like immediate commodity hits in places like oil, gas, wheat, various metals. Um, we're going to see fertilizers take a hit. Fertilizers are a key input to keeping food stability. 
uh, all over the world, actually, and a lot of them come from Russia. Um, so as globalization um, gets beat up a little bit, we're going to start to see like more of an isolationist posturing in the country. And, uh, you know, today we can already see that in higher gas prices. Uh, but tomorrow, figuratively tomorrow, we're going to see that in a lot of different places in the CPI that actually matter to, to the everyday average person. Um, I think also, if we continue to raise rates, if the Fed continues to raise rates at the rate that they're signaling, um, you know, that could have a massive knock on effect in wealth destruction in the um, in the public markets. You know, and if that happens, that can cascade down to the consumer in a very real way. And, um, you know, that's where we can effectively find ourselves in a recession. So like, I don't, I'm not like the negative guy. I usually I'm not like, oh, we're going to have a recession. I'm, I'm almost always the guy looking into that story and going, yeah, that's BS. And here's why we're not going to have a recession. Um, but this time it finally feels like, okay, this, like the indicators sort of feel like this is coming. Um, and I sort of feel like inflation is the big driver of that. What's happening with the Fed is going to drive that. And uh, yeah, this war in Russia and this move from globalization to isolation uh, from a macro perspective, is going to have a massive impact. It might take three or nine months to show up in the day-to-day lives of, of, of everyday average people, but man, it's going to be a, it is going to be a big deal. Um, so if the war continues to drag on and globalization gets punched, we're all going to feel the effects 100. percent Yeah, yeah. Just to kind of build on top of that, um, you know, I think it's I think it is it is good to prepare, right, just in case um, if that's where things are heading. A statement came out recently, uh, earlier in February, from Edward Dowd, who is a former executive at BlackRock, and he said credit markets are at an all-time high. You know, at the rate that they printed money last year, 20% of the entire uh, dollar supply since its creation was printed in uh, 2020. And you know, I just I hear these people, and I see these people who say there's a market crash coming, and just with their credibility, um, just saying that credit markets are at an all-time high, inflation is at an all-time high. These are all bad news for the dollar, which means bad news for, for markets. Maybe in the short term, I don't think it's going to be as bad as like, you know, a 2008, another 2008 or something like that. But I, I think that, you know, just short term markets could definitely see a correction, which is also good for crypto. Crypto is a great hedge against the dollar crashing. So, you know, one market goes down, the other goes up. Yeah. And I think it's important to point out like, Last time in 2008, when we printed a bunch of money, the reason why inflation didn't go crazy is because we had globalization. We had low cost labor all over China, all over Southeast Asia, all over the world, keeping the prices stable, keeping them where they needed to be. But now we're in a totally different ballgame. As we move away from globalization, where labor gets pushed into other markets, and those markets actually all have middle classes now, man, we're in a wholly different stratosphere because we've printed way more money and there's less low cost labor to offset that inflation. So I think when you step back and look at the chessboard big picture, yeah, it's, it's going to be in a tough spot. And I do think certain crypto assets are going to, could in fact be a good hedge for that. Uh, Colin, I think you're spot on there. I think most of the popular uh, crypto acts more like a risk asset than it does like an inflation protection though. So you got to pick, pick your pick your picks carefully there make sure they actually are an inflation protection and aren't just mirroring the stock market, which many of the crypto assets are today. Cool. Um, what else do we want to talk about before you wrap uh, one, up? One, one real quick thing. I, I think it is, I think it is interesting, you know, uh, with the federal reserve kind of easing off quantitative easing. Um, you know, I, I just, that's, that's huge, right? They printed a bunch of money. They bought a bunch of assets last year. And, um, you know, they're kind of slowing down on that. But uh, the uh, UK actually says that the Treasury will fund Bank of England on the losses for quantitative easing for the first time. 
Wow. So because they're losing on quantitative easing, they're actually, their treasury is stepping in and, and funding them for that and bailing them out. So I think it's interesting that it's happening over there. Um, London has the IMF, you know, it's, it's the international like fun, like monetary power of the world. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, man, I agree. The only other thing I'll share that's, uh, I think valuable is, um, we're raising capital for a couple of projects in the private markets right now. And um, I'll tell you, man, in the last three weeks ago, the conversations around raising money were very free and easy. And it felt like, felt like boom times have passed uh, over the last week or so. It is, it's a totally different sentiment. Um, it is much, much harder to, um, uh, to get the private capital moving right now from my sample of sample size of one experience over here. But man, every time I've been through this in the past, uh, it's like the pr private equity can smell it in the water. And most of the time it doesn't come to fruition that something bad has happened, but that's another one of those signs that makes my spidey senses go up. Meaning like normally projects where people would have no problem writing, you know, a 500 K to a $5 million check for a private project in real estate or a venture back tech company or or whatever it is, um, three weeks ago, it felt like everyone was chasing yield and they were worried, like, I got to get rid of my cash. And now it's feeling like, ooh, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Are we going into World War III? Should we keep our money back just to be safe? Those are the conversations we're having now. And it's funny how fast things can switch in just three weeks, which hopefully that means if things turn for the positive, they could change again. But at this particular moment in time, it feels like something, something is on the verge of happening. Um, and it would be smart to think through what that means for you on an individual consumer investor, entrepreneurial level, you know, what does it look like to get ready for winter? Yeah, hundred percent. All right. Well, let's end on that bit of depressing news. And then, uh, in a couple of weeks we can hop back and talk about <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Anything else we want to cover before we wrap up? Um, Taylor's got really good hair today. That's a pretty good, we can end on that high note. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to return to its former glory. You know, we're in the new house. Our, our real estate's going really well. And so I think, you know, my hair style is a, is a reflection of how my investments are doing. So if you ever see me with bad hair, it's like, you should just check on me. How's the portfolio doing? Cool. All right, guys. See, see you guys soon. Appreciate you guys. Good, good chat. See ya.